0: another sound of the battle cry. And we're going to continue the series on the preacher rapture. And the next topic that we're going to be talking about is how preachers say that the church is not mentioned in the book of Revelation after chapter three. Okay, so they say after chapter three, it's all the events of the tribulation period and no mention of the church is there because they imply the church is raptured out and therefore they're not there. Um, this argument is wrong for a number of different reasons. And we'll go through here. Um, the, the reasons that it's false. All right. So first of all, this argument is a straw man argument. What's a straw man argument? Straw man argument is when someone builds a straw man, which is basically a fake argument that you never even made. And then they defeat that argument. They burn it down and say, ha, I defeated your argument. I disproved you, even though that's not what you're arguing, arguing. And that's not what post-tribbers argue. I, you know, I don't say that, um, oh, look, the church is there. Look at the church is here. The church, the church. Never say that. Just say Christians. And guess what? They go by different names. And we're going to see that many different names are used. To describe Christians here. But it's a straw man argument of it, it has to say the church uh, after Revelation chapter 3 or uh, or else, You know, there is no um, post-trib rapture. It just just doesn't make any sense. But anyways, we'll get into it. First of all, the error of this argument lies in the fact that they say the word church has to be mentioned after chapter 3 in the book of Revelation, or else New Testament Christians saved by grace through faith in the church age are not in the tribulation, right? So that's to say the church, because they say that, now, some of them might even, some dispensationalists might even disagree with each other of when the church started. Some of them say it starts at the cross, uh, after the resurrection. Some people say it started, uh, you know, at Pentecost, and some, you know, there's Mid-Acts dispensationalists, and all these different versions. Some say it started before the cross, um, you know, because there's mention of the church, In Matthew chapter 18, when Jesus is talking about church discipline, right? He says, if they don't take two or three others, and if they don't hear them, then bring it unto the church. What is he talking about there? Now, just a quick note about that, the phrase, the church, most of the time when the phrase church is used or the church, it's referring to a local church, local body of believers, wherever they are, like the church of Corinth or the church at Thessalonica, whatever it is. Um, you know, but there are some instances where the phrase "church" um refers to all churches or some type of universal thing, and you know, most of the time, you know, I don't want to get into this argument about universal church versus local church. Um, I come from a background of being in multiple churches that were landmarkers, um, or Baptist briders. I've heard a every argument that they have about that, and there's different versions of it, but um, <clears throat> they say that every instance of church only means a local church. Every instance of body of Christ is a local church, and they even go so far as to say, if you're not part of a local church, you're not part of the body of Christ, um, which I always had trouble with that. That sounds uh, that sounds dangerously close to to equating church membership with salvation because if you're saying someone is you're saying someone who is saved is not part of the body of christ man that's that's um that does not sound right according to scripture but anyways um you know they do have some valid points because the doctrine of the universal church doesn't make any sense for the most part most of the verses that refer to church do not refer to a universal church and a universal church has no application. Um, has no, you know, accountability. You can't be accountable to a Universal Church. There can no no church discipline can be exercised. Any of those types of things. It makes no sense. Most of the most of the instances talking about a church only makes sense in a local church context, and that's just a fact of Scripture. Uh, but they go to an extreme. The Baptist writers go to an extreme when they say that there's no exceptions of you know like every instance of church and body of Christ only refers to local. I would disagree with that, and I see a few exceptions, but anyways, that's another discussion uh but but it is relevant to our discussion today because you know when um a lot of preachers use the phrase "the church," they're referring to this universal church, this universal church of all Christians that are alive in this church age and you know, the church gets raptured out at the pre-trib rapture. So that's how they use that phrase and that word. Um, So anyways, so they say the word church has to be mentioned after chapter three in Revelation. And they hinge more of this argument on the fact that the first three chapters contain statements written by Jesus to seven churches, right? In the first three chapters, there's letters written to seven churches. And this really... This argument really makes no sense for a few reasons. Number one, the first three, mainly chapters two and three, chapters are written to New Testament churches that existed at the time John the Apostle was alive. uh, John was in the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, which I believe means he was praying, right? He was in the Spirit. You know, the Bible says walk after the flesh. I'm sorry, it does not say walk after the flesh. It says walk after the Spirit, not after the flesh. All right. After the Holy Spirit, he was in the Spirit, he was praying when Jesus appeared to him and began telling him what to write to the seven churches in Asia that existed at that time. Then in the beginning of chapter four, a door opens in heaven and he is in the Spirit, lower case s, which means he's out of his body, in the Spirit, he gets caught up to heaven, he sees God, and then God shows him everything. He gets a vision of the book of Revelation, of the future, of the end times, and it, you know the, the consummation of all things. In chapter five, he sees the book sealed with seven seals. Then when it is revealed that the lamb, Jesus Christ, is worthy to open the seals, everyone in heaven, earth, and even creatures in the sea, praise God. Then in chapter six, the seals are being opened and it is revealed what will happen in the end times tribulation. So at the beginning, Churches are mentioned because letters are directed at them at that time. But when John is taken up to heaven, he is shown a completely different time period in the future. Preachers say the word, because the word church is not mentioned after this, it means they are raptured out. That makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. You know, if you were going to say, if you're a preacher and you were going to say, there's no church mentioned You know, you don't see the church in the tribulation period. Okay, that's your argument. But for you to say there's no church, the church isn't seen after chapter 3 in the book of Revelation, it makes no sense at all. Because all the times that churches were mentioned in chapters 2 and 3 had nothing to do with um, the time, you know, right before the tribulation, like they're there, the church is there and then they're raptured out. And now you don't hear about the church anymore. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't fit your argument at all. It's a very, very bad argument. Number two, the main fallacy is that the word church must be used or there are no Christians there from before the tribulation. This is what pre-tribbers say. The ch- and, that, and this is, at least this is what they imply. They imply that the word church must be used or they're not there, Right they must be raptured out. But the question is, does revelation mention saved people on the earth during the tribulation? Yes. The answer is yes. Multiple times, many, many times we see Christians on earth during the tribulation, during the reign of the antichrist. We see it over and over and over again. And pre-tribbers have done everything they could to explain this and chop up the Bible and fit it into their dispensational view. And, you know, these aren't, well, you know, Christians have been raptured out, but these are different types of Christians. Your tribulation saints. They get saved after the rapture and all these other things. They have to come up with every explanation to explain away the fact that Christians are clearly on the earth during the tribulation period. And we're going to look at those scriptures right now. Revelation chapter six, verses nine through 11. Now remember, this is after Revelation chapter three, where the preachers say, oh, there's no, the church isn't mentioned after chapter three. We'll look in Revelation chapter six, verse nine. And when he'd opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altars, the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony, which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. Now I've heard people say, oh, look, there's these Christians in heaven and they were raptured. It says clearly here, first of all, the ones that were given white robes, it says that they were killed and it also, it says they should rest until their fellow servants Also, and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. So what does that mean? This passage shows that there will be fellow servants and brethren killed on earth during the tribulation said, wait, rest. There's going to be some more Christians that are killed just like you were. And here it is. And it's going to happen during the tribulation. All right. So let's move on. Next passage, Revelation chapter seven. Once again, after chapter three. Revelation chapter seven, starting in verse two. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed and there were sealed 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. And might say, oh, Nate, that's the Jews. That's talking about the Jews, Nate. That's not talking about New Testament church age Christians. Well, this is the remnant of Jews that will be saved and on the earth during the tribulation. Absolutely. It says they're Jews. They're of the tribes of the children of Israel. We would not disagree on that. The Bible clearly says that in the end times, a remnant will be saved. The Bible says in, Revela- um, sorry, in Romans chapter 9-11 through 11 that, a remnant of Israel will be saved. And if you look in the Old Testament, it says um, some will will die, uh, uh, I think a third by fire, a third by sword, but a third will be saved and preserved. A remnant will be saved of Jews. How do these Jews get saved? Well, it's not by works. It's not by faith plus works because that's impossible. The only way to be saved is through faith in Jesus Christ. That's it. So these are Jews who have gotten saved through faith in Jesus Christ and there's a remnant. Some preachers say that these are these are the only saved people on earth and they are the only ones preaching the gospel to the world. There is no evidence for this. There is no evidence that only these 144,000 Jews are on the earth. They're the only ones there during the tribulation. They're the only ones preaching the gospel. It's simply not true. And we see many mentions of saints being here. Like you said, the fellow servants and brethren and all these other types of things of Christians being on earth during the tribulation. Let's move on and see some more mentions. Revelation chapter nine, verse three. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth and unto them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. So what does this show? This shows that there will be saved people on earth which have the seal of God in their foreheads during the time that the locusts are released from the bottomless pit, which occurs at the fifth trumpet. Okay, so we're all the way into the fifth trumpet trumpet of revelation sounding and it says these locusts you can hurt they're going to hurt everyone except those that have the seal of god in their foreheads those are the ones that go well, how are their people with the seal of god in their foreheads if they're raptured out oh but nate those are tribulation saints that's different that's not the church they're saved people on earth it says it right here Here's the next one, Revelation chapter 13, verses seven and eight. And it was given unto him, talking about the Antichrist, to make war with the saints. How can he make war with people that aren't even here? And to overcome them, and power was given over him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, the beast, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. So this passage makes two points. First, there are saints on the earth during the time of the Antichrist, and he makes war with them. That's a fact. It's right there. Second, all will worship him, the Antichrist, except those whose whose name is written in the book of the life of the Lamb, which implies there will be saved people who do not worship the beast. Again, saved people on earth during the time of the Antichrist, and it's in the book of Revelation again. You told me after, well, after chapter three, the church isn't there. Well, here it is. Saints again. Saints over and over again. People sealed. People written. Whose names are written in the book of life. Here's another one. Revelation chapter 15, verse two. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire and them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. Those that had gotten victory over the beast are obviously Christians who were on earth during the reign of the beast, the Antichrist. Okay, they were there and they got victory over the beast in his, his mark. What does that mean? They didn't take it. They refused to take the mark of the beast. Revelation 20 verse four, and I saw thrones and they that sat upon them judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, which had not worshiped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. And guess what it says? They took part in the first resurrection. The same saints that were on the earth during the tribulation that were beheaded for not worshiping the antichrist take part in the same resurrection as those who are part of the rapture, okay? They take part of the same rapture slash resurrection as the other Christians, okay? It's not a different one. It's not a separate one. There's not two resurrections for the saved. There's only one for saved people where they receive their new bodies, okay? Again, we see there were Christians on earth that did not worship the beast who were beheaded. They were specifically killed for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. They were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. Right there. Save people. Again, we see, uh, then we have saints in the tribulation mentioned in Daniel. Okay, So we saw a bunch of these mentions of in the book of Revelation of Christians on earth during the time of the Antichrist, during the tribulation period. And it's after chapter three when they say, oh no, the church isn't there, but here's saints. Here's fellow servants. Here's names. who's written in the book of life. Here's those that have gotten victory over the beast. Here's them that had a witness. They they were beheaded for their witness of Jesus. They're there. Okay. And so we're going to move on to the book of Daniel because Daniel, uh, ties a lot into the book of revelation when it comes to bible prophecy so if you want to understand revelation you gotta study daniel you have to um but daniel talks about many of the events that happen in the book of revelation and um so let's look at that because daniel mentions christians again on the earth during the tribulation and there's no mention that anyone any christians were raptured out or are going to be raptured out before any of this happens. And you don't see it anywhere in the Old Testament. But you, see, but why is that? Why is there no description in the Old Testament? Specifically, not some of your typology and your figures that you try to make into the preacher rapture. I'm talking about, there's mentions of, the, uh, I'm sorry, I'm talking about specific mentions of the preacher rapture. Because guess what? There's specific mentions in the Old Testament of the Antichrist, of the tribulation period, of the abomination of desolation, of, of the return of Jesus, all this stuff. There's specific mentions of Christians on earth, but there's no specific mention of a preacher of rapture, never, not one time. Let's go to Daniel. Daniel chapter 7, we're going to read verses 19. Through twenty-seven, Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron, his nails of brass, which devoured, break in pieces, and stamped the residue with his feet. And of the ten horns that were in his head, and of the other which came up, and before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellow's. I beheld, and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them. So what's that horn? That's the Antichrist, the little horn. That's his name, another name for the Antichrist, the beast. And it said he made war with the saints. Did you hear that phrase before? Yes, you did. We read it earlier in the book of Revelation. And it was talking about the beast making war with the saints. Same thing. Verse 22, until the Ancient of Days came. Who's that? Jesus Christ. The Antichrist is making war with the saints until Jesus Christ returns. Verse 22, until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High, and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. When's that? The millennial reign. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise and another king shall rise after them. And he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. How can he wear the saints out if they ain't there? And think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and a dividing of time. That would be three and a half years if you study Bible prophecy. But we're not going to get into the seven year and three and a half years and all that stuff right now. We're just focusing on this point of Christians being here during the tribulation. But the judgment shall sit and they shall take away his dominion and to consume and to destroy it unto the end. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the most high, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Okay. So this fourth kingdom exists all the way until the return of Jesus Christ called the ancient of days. His kingdom smashes that kingdom just like he in the vision of Daniel. He saw the statue. The head of gold, body of silver, waist of brass, feet of iron, I mean, sorry, legs of iron, feet of um, clay and, and, and iron. And what happens? The stone that was cut without hands, boom, smashes all those kingdoms, puts an end to them, establishes his kingdom. <laughs> And, um, the little horn, which is the antichrist will make war with the saints and wear out the saints of the most high, just like it says in revelation, this happens all the way until the ancient of days comes when Jesus returns. It does not say anywhere that the saints get removed by Jesus before this happens. And then second class Christians called tribulation saints have to face the antichrist. That is nowhere in scripture. Let's move on to another passage in Daniel, Daniel chapter 11, verse 31. And arms shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength, and shall take away the daily sacrifice, and they shall place the abomination that make it desolate, and such as do wickedly against the covenant, shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many, and yet they shall fall by the sword, and by flame, and by captivity, and by spoil many days. Now when they shall fall, they shall be holpen with a little help, but many shall cleave to them with flatteries, and some of them of understanding shall fall to try them, and to purge, and to make them white, even to the time of the end, because it is for yet for a time appointed." And the king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every God. Just like it said in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, right? It says that the uh, the man of sin will exalt himself above God and all that is called God. It says right here, he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every God and shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished for that that is determined shall be done. Okay. Now, this time we have saved people being mentioned during the time of the Antichrist by the phrases, the people that do know their God and they that understand among the people and them of understanding, right? So we have all those phrases that are referring to saved people, right? The people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Those are saved people facing the Antichrist. And you know what's interesting, just another point to throw in here. Is it says that some of them of understanding shall fall. For what reason? To try them, and to purge, and to make them white, even to the time of the end. Now, what is that telling you? That's telling you that the time of tribulation is a time of a trial. And what does the Bible say about that in, in, the, in, the, in the Christian about the Christian life? It says, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. The Bible always talks about trials and tribulations as helping your faith, strengthening your faith to burn away the dross and to the chaff out of your life so that you will be sanctified and to grow and to purge. It says, what does the Bible say? It uses the word purge, purge out the leaven that you be a new lump, purge out the sin and false doctrine out of your life, which is what leaven represents, right? It's to try them, to purge, and to make them white, purify. The The time of tribulation is a time that will strengthen faith. You know, when there were persecutions going on in the Roman Empire, you know what happened? Christians were willing to die for their faith. They were willing to stand up and be killed. And it inspired other people to get saved because they saw their faith, how they were willing to die. You don't think that's going to happen in the, in the uh, tribulation period? You don't think that's not a witness to this world? And you don't think it's going to strengthen the faith of people that are going through this time? That's what it's going to do. But, you're te- but the pre are telling us, no, we're too good to go through that. We need to be whisked out of here. We can't go through that. That's too much. That's so bad. We're not meant to go through that. Bible says it's here for the saints to try them, to purge them, to make them white. That's what it says in Daniel. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. You only see it as bad because you're looking at it through the, the flesh. Carnally, not through a spiritual lens, which you should be. So, In addition to those names, we saw saved people called saints, servants, fellow servants, brethren, those with the seal of God in their foreheads, those whose name is written in the book of life of the lamb, them that had gotten victory over the beast and souls beheaded for the witness of Jesus. Multiple different names were used for Christians on the earth during the tribulation facing the Antichrist. To the pre-tribber though, none of those names mean anything. Because the word church isn't used after chapter 3 in Revelation. They will say those are tribulation saints that get saved after the preacher of rapture. But in all the scriptures we looked at, there is no mention or hint of any such preacher of rapture, even one time. Nothing like that ever occurs in scripture because it's not true. There is no such thing as a preacher of rapture, it's a lie, it's a myth. And I'm sorry if you're going to be angry at me for that, but it's the truth. Okay? Just face the truth, accept it, and you'll grow. And you will, it will change your expectations. Okay? To try them, to purge them, and to make them white. Remember that phrase, okay? Because you, because the, remember, the pre are saying, it's no, no, no. The church isn't going to go through that. That's Christ beating his bride. But he, okay. It says it's here it's for them of understanding. It's for them to try them and purge them and make them white. It's talking about it as a good thing. Just like it says all throughout the New Testament. Rejoice in afflictions and persecutions and tribulations over and over and over again. That's the consistent teaching all through the New Testament. But the preachers tell us No, the tribulation period, that's too much tribulation. It's too much affliction and trials. It's a separate thing. It's in a special category. It's not the same as regular persecution and tribulation that Christians go through. That's the great tribulation. It's just too much for Christians, the church, to go through. It's completely foreign to scripture. It makes no sense, and it's not consistent with the whole teaching of scripture. Okay? So there you go. The argument that no church is meant, the church isn't mentioned after chapter three of Revelation. You don't see them in there. Doesn't hold water. Doesn't make any sense. But what we do see mentioned in all throughout scripture in the Old Testament and the New Testament is that there are saints, there are fellow servants, there are people that understand, people that do know their God on earth during the tribulation, during the time of the Antichrist, And guess what? It says they, they will be strong and do exploits. Yeah, some of them will get worn out. They'll fall. They'll get beheaded. But that's all part of it. The most important point is we stand for God, proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ no matter what. And if we die, hey, that's what happens. What does the Bible say? That you present your bodies a living sacrifice which is your reasonable service. The least I can do is offer my body a living sacrifice because even if I did that a thousand times, it would never repay what Jesus Christ did for me. So remember that the next time you're thinking about you need to escape through the preacher rapture. righty, that's the end of this one. Thanks for watching. God bless you. Have a good day.